This episode of All My Friends Are In Bar Bands was recorded and edited on the land of the Tharawal people. We pay our respects to elders past and present, and we acknowledge that sovereignty was never ceded. This always was and always will be Aboriginal land. Enjoy this week's episode. It's David Jimjung here for another week of All My Friends Are In Bar Bands. Thank you so much for tuning in and checking this out. I normally do a big blabbery intro, but uh, I'm not going to keep you very, very long because this is a big one. I am talking very, very big. Not so much in terms of the artist's stature, no shade to these two, but uh, because I am such good friends with... Heather and Jono from Cry Club, uh, we just kept going and going and going. And as a result, uh, this, I think, is the longest episode of Bar Bands that we have done in quite some time. Maybe ever? Who's to say? But uh, (laughs) we leave absolutely no stone unturned here. Cry Club, of course, Wollongong-born, Melbourne-based, pop rock, alternative, dance, electro, something, something, something. I I don't know how to describe this band, but uh, I think ultimately that's a good thing. Across a string of singles and relentless touring, uh, they have positioned themselves as the ones to watch in Australian music right now. Over the course of an evening at North Wollongong Hotel, Pretty much to the point where we get kicked out straight after we are finished. We get right into it. We get into Jono's um, bizarre musical discoveries. We get into Heather's theatre background uh, and everything that has gone on in between. Yeah, this is a real doozy and uh, I'm so, so stoked to be sharing it with you today. Big thank you to Heather and Jono for sharing this one with us. And of course, if you are picking up what Cry Club are putting down, then I have news for you. They're going on tour. That's right. This coming January through March, Cry Club will be hitting up a bunch of places, doing a run for their latest single, Robert Smith. On the 17th of January, they'll be playing in Melbourne at Old Bar, on the 24th of January, they'll be playing the Park House in Monavale, backing that up in Sydney at the Gallery Bar in Oxford Art Factory. The day after that, they'll be playing at La La La's in Wollongong. On the 7th of February, they will be playing the Northern in Byron Bay, backing that up on the 8th with a show at Spill City, aka the Zoo, in Brisbane. On the 28th of February, they will be playing at Transit Bar in Canberra. And on the 21st of March, they will be playing at the Uni Bar in Adelaide as a part of U-Bowl 2020 alongside Montaigne, The Vans, Hey Harriet, and a bunch of other bands. You can head over to cryclub.com.au for more information on 
all of those shows and you can grab yourself a cheeky little ticket if you are so inclined. Just quickly before we get into it, if you like what you are hearing and you want to support this podcast in some way, shape or form, then you can do so by leaving a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. That would be absolutely amazing. Uh, You can also subscribe wherever you get podcasts from. And if you would like to keep this podcast up and running and help to support me financially, you can do so by considering to support me over on Patreon, p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash David James Young. You can find out everything you need to know there. If you would like to get in touch, you can do so at barbandspod at gmail.com, B-A-R-B-A-N-D-S-P-O-D. If you would like to talk advertising, guests, uh, feedback on an episode, literally anything, we are open for business, hit me up. All right, enough messing about. Let's get into it right now. This is Heather Riley. This is John Talk. This is David James Young. This is All My Friends Are In Bar Bands. This is... Crack Club. I'm David James Young and all my friends are in bar bands. Today I would like to introduce you to my friend's Fry Club. Oh yeah. Little babies. I'm just a little baby. I'm just a little baby boy. I can barely hold my instrument. (laughs) That's me. (laughs) That's you. Yeah. Who's that? Uh, I'm Jono Took. I play in Cry Club. And who's that? I'm Heather Riley. I yell and sometimes sing in Cry Club. Yeah. Uh, Damn right. It's Sunday night. It is Sunday night. We wow. are in the greatest city in the world, Wollongong, yes. New yes. South Wales, yes. Australia. Yes. Hell yeah. And Cry Club have made their triumphant return <laughs> yes. to their native land. Yeah, glad to be back. It's yes, indeed. Nice you played to be back. tonight with uh, Rainbow Chan. How uh, do you think it went? Oh, Rainbow my Chance? God. Like, there's Rainbow. just those people you play with where they're like so aggressively cool that you're just like, oh, fuck. That makes everything we just did look like baby, like baby. Like, <laughs> we're all packed. Like, like, baby, like little athletics. Like yeah. what we just did compared oh my to Rainbow Chan. I'm baby. <laughs> I'm yeah. Ba- oh, I'm baby. I'm, I'm baby. baby. Yeah. Yeah, Rainbow I, Chan, that was pretty oh, pretty astonishing. It was like the coolest thing I've ever seen. Yeah. And then someone tried to come up and be like, hey, like, oh my god, you were so cool. You're way cooler than these guys. And I was like, no. <laughs> oh, really? Because I fucking love these guys. And that was really rude. <laughs> and she was like, oh, I love them too. It was it's, hilarious. I'm yeah. like, how dare you? What how dare you snake. disrespect Rainbow Chan in front exactly. of me? Yeah. Uh-uh. Oh. I had the best time. Me and Tina were like, everything that happened, like every beat drop, we just turned to each other like, are you joking? It gets better? Yes. <laughs> yes. Hashtag it gets better. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the appropriate use of that. Very much so. Very much so. <laughs> this was the first time I saw you all play with, with, a, with a six person. With a six person, yes. Uh-huh. Um, a bonky bonk. A bonky bonk. Yeah. A bonky dung dung. Yeah. Um, we started playing with t- with Tina, and uh, we've had someone else fill in for Tina while she was away in Europe. But uh, yep. we started playing um, with the drummer in about I think June. Yeah. Yeah, in June. For changes, I think. Yeah. That festival. Changes. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's been great. It's it's been in the plan, like in the works for a long time. Because yeah. where like uh, the whole thing was like it always followed us of like people going like this is amazing, but it'll be even better with the drummer. And it's like yeah, that's cool, but I am uncomfortable bringing someone on and not paying them. Yeah. Mm. So it's- our golden rule of Cry Club was always like we have to pay people. Cool. And, like. So my if checks in the mail, doing, then? I'm yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah right. doing this Thank you, babe. <laughs> oh, my God, the PR from this? Oh, my God. Oh, oh my God. God. But, like, it was, like, a really important thing for us because yeah. it's, like, there's a lot of... You see a lot of stuff come up with musicians and bands and stuff where the, the money thing becomes quite stressful yes. and when they are using the good faith and the resources of other people, they are, are quite often not respecting that in the way that they need to. Yeah. So we wanted to make sure that, like... As people who have quite leftist beliefs, <laughs> we actually stand by that, and that we, we pay are... people for their labor. Yeah, Karl Marx would be proud of me. Yeah. <laughs> Communist club. Yeah, exactly. That's it. That's what it actually stands for. Exactly, I knew it. Yeah, but it, yeah, it's and it was also a thing of I, I resisted it for a little bit from my end. This is my first time in a band, and when people would we'd come off stage and the first thing they say would be like, "That was so cool." Can I be your drummer? Like, when are you getting a drummer? And I was like, literally... Yeah, I, I've been one of those people. I'm oh, just like, let me do it. You are fine, but total strangers being like... Total Can drunk I be strangers. Your yeah. Yeah. yeah, and that's the only thing I have to say. I'm like, thank you so much. I'm really glad about you telling me that you enjoyed my show, even though you actually didn't. You just asked if you could play bass for us. Like, or drums for us. And it, I was like, fuck off. <laughs> a little bit. I was like, a little bit, fuck off. Yeah. But having Tina, it's been so special. Yeah. Having like live drums. Yeah, yeah. I lift my game, which I didn't think I could do, but I did. Yeah, there you go. Just the the ceiling of what we can do as a band jumped up. Yeah, and it's uh, there's other things. Broken the glass ceiling, finally. Exactly right. Um, So like, there's uh, for a long time there's been like a very specific pipeline of like here's the things that we want to introduce as we can, Mm. and when the money comes up when the XYZ factors come to play that we can do the next thing yeah. the next thing happens yeah next step is a choreographer <laughs> yes. I'm joking I'm actually uh, joking box steps for every song oh, oh yeah for sure now we're talking trying to get the talking heads running thing going oh and I, I, I like that and I, I like get just so disoriented by we it we did it a little bit yeah and like I started doing it and then the next show I was like Jono you have to do this like little talking heads thing with me and he was like okay and then like didn't do it and I was like Jono you have to do the talking head thing with me. And he's like, okay, and does it for like two seconds, and then I'm like, okay. No. It's fine. It's just me. I just, he's going to play guitar and do it. I just yeah. have to run. <laughs> I'm just not good at the, like, splitting my brain up, you know? One thing at a time. Yeah, exactly. We'll get there. Yeah, that's it. All right. But, Jonathan. Yes. How did we meet? I have actually wondered this, because we've known each other for so long. It's been a, it's been a few years. And it's been. It's been. Yeah, it's um, been. I I honestly wonder what the first show we met at was because yeah. there was so many experiences like because I've been playing in like before bar moving bands. yeah playing yeah. It, I've been playing in bar bands for quite a while and <laughs> roll credits roll credits <laughs> <laughs> so I was playing in a band called My Little Underground which happened when I was in high school and then right. I started crossing paths with a lot of people like Jack Riley who, the show. yes of course and. I through seeing like obscure hail a million times, uh-huh. I seeing totally unicorn a million times, all the things that are on your list as things that you've seen a million times. Many, many times. Yes. Um, I genuinely don't know what the intro moment was. Do you remember? I don't. That's why I was asking you. Yeah, this is the thing. We've known each other for that long. Yeah. That it's like actually, uh, 
you're just a part of my life That's in a you know it's true love yeah yeah exactly in a very like literal way you're just a part of my life and I don't know where it started yeah and yeah well one day one day uh, we were <coughs> at a Doonside show yes and you brought along one H. Riley. Yes! yes. Uh, I literally remember this right now. It was so hot. Yeah. And Jono and I both had one of those 1.25 liters of little fat lamb. <laughs> yeah. And we were wrecked. And it was so hot. And there was some part of the yard that just had like a million, like a colony of a billion flies. Yes. And it was like, all right, it was cool. disgusting. I've showed up in all black, in a like, big dress. You're a god. Exactly. And then, like, a big thing of warm little fat lamb. <laughs> and I've, I've, I actually knew about you online as well, because oh, everyone no, really? talked about you. Yeah, I followed oh, you. Oh, no. And I was like, i got to meet this DJ Y. Like, I'm nervous, whatever. And, yeah. We were talking about this earlier, about how yes. we sang a cappella. Yeah. One more time. One more time. By, by, Daft, by Punk. Daft Punk. In the car. In on the, the car, way on the way back. And Jono was trying to not take the tolls, and I was oh, like... Yeah. You are an idiot. We have to take the tolls. <laughs> I live in Bankstown. Oh, not anymore. You can yeah. quote that. I used to. I used to live. I used to live in Bankstown. Um, I'm trying to. No, no. I love Bankstown. I just don't, I just don't want anyone to stalk me because I'm so hugely famous. I mean, true. Yeah. <laughs> um, TMZ. TMZ. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> uh, was that the Turn South show? It was not. Carbon Which Carb. Carbon Carb. I believe it was a Carbon Carb okay, show. Cool. Yeah, that I played. Cool. Of yes. Yeah. With, uh, with my band. Hell yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. With David. Yeah. There's someone I remember. No, maybe it was you. I saw another show and was like, oh my God, this singer sounds like DJ Y and it was beautiful. I remember you saying you that remember? about... I can't remember who it was though. Never mind. <laughs> but there was a moment where we were like, they must have of you. sucked. No, no, they were very good. And I was like... It was like... It's just like DJ Y. No, it was like a pop thing or something like really left of field. And I was like, guys, this singer sounds like, sounds like DJ Y. It's Interesting. incredible. That was it's great. Good. I can't remember. When I remember, I'll tell you. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're always thinking of you. When we figure oh, it out. I look know. forward to it. <laughs> but I think the moment that we both knew that we were going to be friends was that we'd broken this song down and I had a toy tambourine in my bag yeah. and my I pulled it out for the, the second when the actual tambourine comes in for the song. And so the second it started, you screamed I at me lost and it. punched me in the arm. <laughs> this is a very the Riley like I story checks out. If we're yeah. friends, it's because I went ah and then hit you. Yeah, I'm literally. sorry. It, it was it was like Jonesy Riley and Will Ferrell. It's like, did we just become best friends? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's that how. Was it. Yeah. That I was our that. experience as well. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. The, you're you and I. Yeah. Oh, yes. Where I was like, are we best friends now? Oh, like, yep. Yep. Oh, suddenly yeah. I miss you. Yeah. <laughs> Adorable. Yeah. Aw, bless. Now, I begin these by tracing back the initial interest in music, specifically where it changed from being something where was, you were watching on TV, listening to on the radio. Yep. Heather, back uh, back in the day, we had radios. And, uh, <laughs> just I'm like a year younger. Shut up. <laughs> You're baby, remember? Yeah. I'm sorry, I am baby. Yeah. I was born with an iPhone in my hand. <laughs> You don't, you, don't, you don't know how to turn the paper. You just know how to swipe an iPad. <laughs> <laughs> My mum got an iPhone before I did. Okay? Oh, Look at her. And she still doesn't know how to use it. That's amazing. <laughs> but yes. I'm looking for the specific moment where it changed from that to just something you're experiencing to being like, this is what I want to do. I want to sing. I want to be a musician. I want to be in a band. I want to, yeah. I want to yeah. be, be up doing what they're doing, whoever yeah. that may be. Heather. Yeah. We'll start with you. Yeah. 
How did this? How did this happen? Where, what was your? What was your switch on? I moment? know exactly what the mo- like it, for me. Always like I've always been an over the top kid. Sure. But there was one. This is so. <laughs> um, I used to really, really love Riverdance. And oh, we wow. used to have like a VHS tape of Riverdance, like the original one with like Michael Flatley and stuff. Yes. Um, <laughs> and so there was this one like beautiful like acapella song. Like they would have songs in the middle of it. And yeah, those yeah, yeah. Were, that's how you know, because I loved the songs more than I loved like the dancing. There's this one song, I think it's called Home in the Heartland. It's really beautiful. And I was like, I'm going to sing this at my school talent quest. And my friend is going to Irish dance, but mostly it'll be me singing. And then I did it, and I was like, oh my god, I love this. And I wanted to keep doing it, and so my choir teacher was like, alright, we'll put you in choir then. And then I joined choir, and I was like so persistent. My choir teacher was like, can you get her some singing lessons? <laughs> Bitch! Can you get them some singing lessons? Yeah, that was it. So I went to the singing teacher for like, literally like 10 years. Yeah, and right. now... And I finished high school and I stopped doing singing lessons, which I regret. But yeah, it was literally river dance. I, I, I can trace so much of my life back to river dance, which is very Can't weird. we all? And also my <laughs> chemical romance. Like watching Gerard on stage. Oh, uh, yes, the river dance of emo. <laughs> <laughs> yes, truly. <laughs> the river dance of emo is like watching Gerard on stage is when I was like, oh, I want to be that though. Like yeah. I want to, when people are like, oh my God, you're like Hayley Williams. I'm like, I'm not. I'm like Gerard Way. Like everything I do is a rip off of Gerard Way, but in a loving way. No disrespect way. to Hayley Williams. Not at all. No, she's at amazing. All. Yeah. But it's just so rooted in like what he did and how he pushed so many boundaries of yeah, like, going time. out and riding like faggot on his neck or something mm. and like being very like I'm gonna take a bullet for queer people, but I'm not queer, but you know he is. Yeah. And it's so cool him talking about being like gender queer now and I. And then he's always been that one constant. I'm like, thank God you're not cancelled. <laughs> oh God! If, if, if Gerard, Gerard Way becomes cancelled, what are we gonna do? Go Only live God in a can cancel it. Yeah. Can yeah. Have you seen him now? He's beautiful. He's so he's sweet. He's always been beautiful. He looks like so like just living the the not in spotlight life. Like he shows up at the Umbrella Academy premiere like in a cardi and some sweatpants, and you're like, fuck. That's amazing. Living it. Yeah. So good. You but can just tell he's so happy. He is. Yeah. And his yeah. wife is so beautiful. And Aww. I love Lindsay. And yeah. I love... But he's like the root of like all the performance stuff I do. Yeah. I wanted to do that. Like I wanted to get up on stage and make people yell stuff at me. And like be as flamboyant and like super strange. And like he's very feminine on stage but also very strong and... Yeah, I think it was definitely him. I could talk about him for literally 80 minutes, so please stop me. Whenever you that's, like, a, that's a different podcast. That's we will, a, we'll that's, get into that. I'll start my own Gerard All my friends way. love Gerard Way. It's true. They do. They I'm really, start really do. Yeah. All my friends joined the Black Parade. Yeah. <laughs> that song changed my life. Oh, dude, it's one of Specifically the best fucking songs song. ever. Yeah. yeah, I can remember the, the first time I ever heard it, and it, like, changed my fucking life. So No one can hear G- G7 the same way ever again. No. The, the second it hits, it's like... Ooh. Oh, I know. It's, like, <laughs> the only note that I can actually pick out. Yeah, <laughs> me too. It's like... It's like anytime that note's played, it's just like G <gasps> seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like you know how dog dog whistles they're at a pitch that only certain yeah. dogs can mm. hear and humans can't. It, the it, second someone hits that note, it's just it's like, like emo dog whistle. Yeah, yeah. Emo dog whistle. That's, it. That's it. Yeah, Jono, it's your turn. My turn. Okay, so I had an interesting experience with music because um, <laughs> I, I, we definitely talked about. We've this. talked about this. So when I was born, a fun fact: I was born in a car. Uh, <laughs> 
Uh, fun fact number two: Don't get born in a car. Um, I, fun fact three: It was on Crown Street in Wollongong. I am the most Wollongong person alive, and I will take that to my grave. Um, but I had an ear infection because of that. Because don't get born in a car. <laughs> cars um, are dirty. Cars and yeah. So I had an ear infection. So for the first couple of years of my life, I was. Uh, I don't know whether it was like full on, but I was like classified as deaf. Whoa! Uh, so, Interesting. so I was considered deaf for the first couple of years of my life, and I spent the first couple of years of my life wearing a bike helmet because I would hit my head against the wall to distract from the pain of my ear. So all the photos of me as a young child are wearing a pink bike helmet. Wow! That's great. That's rough. Yes. That's so, rough as gone. So. That. Probably not an opportune time to suggest that as the album cover. No, yeah. no. <laughs> Rough is good. My critic <laughs> Yeah. Um, but because of that, I think I have a, uh, a that kind of set my ear weird to music mm. and I didn't really grow up with music in the house at all my main exposure to music was through like movies and TV shows right and then I got a game called Burnout 3 for the <laughs> PlayStation 2 oh yes which was a car racing game where you crashed into other cars and it was great and, I remember it well and I that was like okay go and all that sort of stuff and yeah. I was like music's cool I like music now <laughs> I'm gonna listen to music and then I very early YouTube era I, f- uh. I stumbled across oh, yeah okay go yeah. yeah exactly right I stumbled across a live video of Sonic Youth playing Schizophrenia oh. off the off the record Sister yes um, that was the, literally like uh, like and then you flick the switch and then I, that was going to be the rest of my life oh my god in a very literal like and then classic genre, just some obscure Sonic Youth thing. Right. Like, yeah. No, that was not even like a hundred percent or the song from Juno. Just like nah, nah. some real nah. obscure shit. It's and I I heard that because I previously I was like I was like a fourteen year old who was listening to the music that was on the the guitar like the all the like the car racing games Triple and all that stuff. M. yeah all that the, like Ooh. ACDC and all that sort yeah. of stuff and that was my first time being exposed to music that was like guitar music that wasn't like horns up and it yeah. could mean something different. And the second I the second they started playing the guitars of schizophrenia, I was like, uh, that was like life changing moment, <laughs> in a very like a hard turn situation. Yeah, and it's kind of weird to think about just being like a like a fourteen or fifteen year old kid in my bedroom at home with YouTube on and just listening to a song and going like, oh yeah. crap, my life's changed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh well. How All right. wild is that? Oh, uh, my life just changed. Oh moment. shit, oh, my shit. life just changed. <laughs> and that's what it. So Sonic Youth and the the things that I discovered from that really just turned me into the person that's like life, music is. The thing that I wake up and do. That's so wild. Yeah. That it was Sonic Youth and you were like 14. Yeah. When I was 14, I discovered Guns N' Roses and I... <laughs> yeah. That was a dark time. <laughs> I was like, this is the only band that matters. <laughs> but Where like, is the lie, though? I used to cover that song all the time. Hell fucking yeah. You know exactly where you are. I used to practice the like... Anyway. Yeah. So dumb. The little, da- the little snake dance shit. move that oh. was like sliding away from the microphone. Yeah, oh. I can do that. Yeah, I can do the like weird like knee thing. Oh. I was too obsessed. Yeah. Shana na 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 knee knee thing. Yeah. <laughs> Where did you grow up? I grew up in Bankstown. Yeah, right. And I'm very protective of Bankstown so because be. some people are like, "Oh, gross, Bankstown!" Like, "Oh, isn't that like the crime capital of Sydney?" And I'm like, "Listen." <laughs> I don't care. I don't know if it is. <laughs> Maybe. I don't care. There's like a really um, large percentage of like Lebanese and Vietnamese population yes. in Bankstown. 
I keep burping because I've had a lot of beer. Because <laughs> the last show that we have to play this week. Yes. And yeah, people just get very racist very quickly about Bankstown. They're like, oh, it's a rough area. Oh, whatever. Oh, there's gangs. Oh, there's what? And I'm like, it's like no. Is there, is there just not enough white people around for you to feel it's comfortable? Literally, <laughs> it's literally that there's like not enough white people. And so my school was very diverse and I loved it. It was full of really cool, like I was friends with these beautiful like hijabi poets and like... Um, Vietnamese girls who are making like the sickest kind of metal work I'd ever seen in my life you know and a yeah. bunch of theatre stuff it was awesome fuck yeah and yeah I grew up with that and I grew up with like they have this program in Bankstown that's called like the Talent Advancement Program mm. and it was basically like you audition and if they like your voice and how you perform they'll train you and they'll put you through workshops and you get to learn how to take criticism and you learn how to do all this cool stuff it's like the best thing I've ever done in my whole life yeah and that all came out of, like, Bankstown Council. So I'm very, very super protective. Mm. And I lived in, like, the same house for 19 years of my life. And I have very, very fun memories of that whole area. Like, I, I love it. I can't believe you did that because you're only 16. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're, that like, is, 10 that, years off, buddy. Is, is, I'm six. No, <laughs> <laughs> I'm this many. I'm, <laughs> we're gonna, I'm six and three quarters. We'll do this for the radio where this many holds fingers up. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I just, I'm, I love Bankstown. I lived my whole life there until, like, I moved to Wollongong for you. Yeah, yeah. And it's beautiful. I recommend going there if you want pho, like the best pho in anywhere. Yeah. There's like Saigon Place and it's the hub of Vietnamese food and it's sick. No one can see me Millie rocking. Just but throw a shake. <laughs> it's good so shit. good and I'm obsessed with it. Like I just went to local primary schools and high schools and I auditioned for Newtown and they wouldn't let me in and that's fine. <laughs> Look at me now, mum. Yeah, exactly. Look at, him. Look at you now. <laughs> but... Yeah, I just, I'm very grateful for, like, the place that I grew up in because I think it really influenced yeah. me. And I think it was, it's very valuable to be exposed to people that aren't white. Oh, yeah. sure. Speaking so, of. Speaking of, hello, Jonathan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> speaking of the... The whitest boy I know. The, the whitest the, boy alive. The, the palest me man too. on earth. Me too. Now, yes. we are in your hometown. We are. Um, I, I, I grew up I had like a few little turn points, but I consider Wollongong my hometown because it was where I was born and where I spent most of my life. Mm. But I grew up first handful of years of my life in Wagga. Yeah, right. Yeet. Rural New South Wales. That's a hard yeet. That's a hard yeet. And then I moved uh, when my parents split up. Dad got a farm. Mum moved to Shell Harbour. Oh, yeah. And then I spent most of my time in Wollongong because I went to high school up here. And then I moved up here when I went got out of high school. So I've just been here up until very recently. Yeah. So... This has always been home base, and it's just like it's funny coming back for like a day because it's like with our dramatina where mm. we're driving through, and I'm just like I'm telling her like that's the place where that happened, that's the place where that and like there's red bar. Oh wait, <laughs> oh no, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So like just those moments where it's like oh you just like you go past a place and it's like oh that's my ex girlfriend's parents' place. <laughs> oh my god, me too. Though you like, should be I'm like fuck, I just connected to their Wi-Fi. <laughs> Rip, you probably would. Oh god, so it's like those yeah. weird moments where it's like you come back to what is your home in a very literal sense. So it's like yeah. I live in Melbourne at the moment. Mm. Wollongong is still very much my home. Yeah. yeah. I moved to Wollongong and I like I still have such a strong connection to this place. Like mm. I want to go to like my best friend's share house and see who lives there now. Like mm. that weird, yeah. weird stuff that like I have so many like formative memories attached to Wollongong. Like yeah, we yeah, met yeah. in Wollongong 
and I've made all of my like some friendships that'll last forever here mm. and it's so bizarre and then like I come here and I'm like oh it's a bit different oh yeah. <laughs> it's like a strange feeling of like uh, okay like I'm I live in Melbourne now and that's cool and then I come back here and I like know where everything is and yeah I can't imagine living here for more than two years like you must feel weird yeah it's kind of it's a bit it's a weird thing because like so much of my interaction with Wollongong at this point is as what is one of New South Wales like live music hubs? Yeah, in a way, and for sure. When I was growing up, and you would have known this, hmm. there was no venue in Wollongong that would take on a local live band. Yeah, pretty and, much. And if they did, they'd put them on a Thursday, and then you'd end up with every place that would do it would put all put it on Thursday, and right. then all, they'd all be like, "Why isn't this working?" It's like, "Oh well, you've all put it on fucking Thursday." Uh, I, I have a suggestion. There are there are six other days. Exactly yeah. right. Which is where the Yours and Owls Cafe when they started doing gigs, everyone's like, "Oh, that, I remember. I distinctly remember being at a venue with Jack Riley, and we had just seen Bex Andridge play, and <gasps> old mate, old mate, and, old mate Becky." And Heath told me there's this cafe down on Crown Street and they're starting to do local bands. That's sick. I have a very explicit memory of it. And it's like, oh, cool. Mm. I'm going to check that out. Turns out I grew up there. (laughs) (laughs) I remember going, like, my first time going to Rad Bar. Like, because I never went when it was yours and ours. Mm. But it was, like, our night. Like, you would go to Rad Bar. It's like, I don't want to go to a club. I don't want to dance. Let's go see whatever. It's, like, five bucks. 10 bucks it's the same as going to a club let's go see a band get fucked up and then yeah. like vomit on the stairs and like make out with your best friend and then pretend it never happened in the morning like that was oh, yeah. rad but, but also I have this content. cool new band now <laughs> it's just bizarre I, you two I make out it. all the time it's gross oh yeah. not you I didn't even know him at this point yeah. I wonder if you were there when I was there it's, it's hard to know with those moments it is very weird no it was like two of my best friends who are now together both were in denial at the time. It's very beautiful. Uh, they're lesbians, so it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> then it's oh, okay. Yeah. As a straight person, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> the round table of straights right here. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're, we're pulling signs right now. And Heather's take <laughs> Heather's vapes off. Oh no! <laughs> but I think that your unifying here thing here between the two of you is the fact that you both grew up outside of an immediate framework of a city and a yep. musical mm. community and mm. things like that. And do you think, as you were growing up and like discovering music, do you think the proximity and the distance of just like kind of living vicariously through watching shit on YouTube or like yeah. buying DVDs? Remember DVDs? Yeah. Like concert DVDs. Oh my God. DVDs. <laughs> I had like live DVDs of the Living End. Yes, yeah. My dad used to play this Foo Fighters DVD like every Sunday morning. We'd all watch. I don't know. It it just had a bunch of their music videos and some live. Oh yeah, yeah, the greatest hits one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and this like live video generator that rules. Generator is so good. It's such a good song. Red Hot Chili Peppers at Slane Castle. Castle. Yeah, that was big. ACDC live in Donington? Yes, yes. I had all, I had all of these. Yes, yes. Because there was a music shop in Wollongong that had, like, post band posters and, like, concert <laughs> yes. DVDs. And I would always go there and I'd be like, hell yeah, I'm going to buy posters. And, like, my walls would be, like, the very stereotypical, like, I'm a teenager learning how to oh play guitar. Oh, my God, yes. One four. Here's Van Halen. Yeah. I, I was never, unfortunately, I was never a Van Halen kid. I was unfortunately. The, I, was yeah, the, I was on the head. Never learned how to jump. Yeah right. Uh, I was I was in the like Hendrix end. I oh, sure. I would I would get home from school and watch the live 
video of him playing Machine Gun. Oh my god! Oh yes, because that 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 level of performance is yeah. something that has only been captured a few times in history. Yeah, and I was just like, whoa, okay, it's something. Hey. That's oh. it's beyond. But yeah, you know what I like, mean. Do you, totally. do you think like having that like kind of living vicariously in that proximity away from like immediate like access to live music or anything yeah. like that? Do you think that kind of instilled kind of just like a like a drive for it. I always maintain, yeah. like, the, the kids that grew up in Melbourne and the kids that grew up in Sydney, it's like, they'll never fucking know how good they had it. No, never. And, ever. And it, it, it changes so much of how you behave around music. Like, yeah. I was talking to uh, f- former Wollongong, uh, Jared Chappell, yeah. who now lives in Melbourne. He plays in Michael Plovers. And we were talking about what it's like to, to have grown up in Wollongong at the time we did because because there was nothing you had to really source stuff out yourself and there was a lot of there was a significant work ethic that yeah. existed around being in a band where there was no support structure yeah. yeah 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 so then once you take that work ethic and apply it to places that do have support structures mm. then you end up being in a really strong place where you're like I'm ready to put this shit on the line because yeah. that's what we had to do before mm. putting shit on the line is the base level yeah. yeah so that when people come from a place where it's like oh we could get a gig if we want to at wherever it's like okay I'm really glad that you have that, but I'm also like worried about what that means for you and how, what what music has as a place in your life if you're doing it as like a casual thing, mm. and it's like, and there are other people like I don't want to d- dismiss people who do it in a casual sense, but yeah. like, I there's not a day there's not a day or a second of my life in which music is not at the forefront of my mind yeah, so yeah, I yeah. can't I can't even comprehend what it would be like to be someone someone who doesn't have that sense of like imp- like drive and importance of knowing that it's like a, like this shit's risky yeah. and that it could go away you could lose your rad bar because we yeah. fucking did yeah and like people in Melbourne who don't have that sense of like this shit could go away and it's like kind of taking yeah, it for exactly. granted yeah exactly it's just yeah. like oh no we lost the rev oh Okay, fine. We only have 455 other yeah. fucking venues. Yeah. And it's... I, I grew up in, like, with music as a very corporate thing. Like, I was performing at, like, Rotary Dinners, and I was performing in School Spectacular, and I had a very different idea of what the industry was. Yeah. And so every time I do a gig, it's, like, a miracle. Because yeah. it's, like, oh, like, I don't have... It's not in the Steadford. It's not perfect, like, but I want it to be, and I want to bring that level of like I'm getting marked on this mm. it better be fucking good yeah but yeah it's it's weird like I I'd ne- I never went to live gigs I saw Green Day at like Acer Arena that fucking counts it, it, it ruled it would have been sick never, I fucking love Green Day yeah me too but I never saw like local live bands and it was never like an option you know there was yeah. like the workers club and it'd be like my friends performing or It'd be people busking outside of, like, the Grand <laughs> at two in the morning when I'm leaving the club. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. So it's really, it's really special. Like, it's very special for me to be able to see live shows because it's something I'd never done until I was in this band. With yeah. Like, it's my first band, and it's very weird, and I have no, like, every opportunity I get, I'm so grateful for. And every time I see other bands doing this, I'm like, this is so special. Like, yeah. And you meet people who are, like, very over it, and they're very jaded or yeah. whatever. Like, industry people. Whereas you, you just got a fucking L plates on. Just fucking just Yeah, I love it. it. I yeah. love it. I've got my red peas, and I'm definitely going over the speed limit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because I am late for uni. But like, Try and stop me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and it's just a weird thing. What are you going to do, cancel me? <laughs> oh, my God. 
God can cancel me. Exactly, baby. But yeah, and it's so coming from this corporate world of like, you are too fat to play music, you have a fringe and we don't like you anymore, to like, oh, I can get a switch. (laughs) 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 You don't have a fringe, baby. I used to, anyway. I can can totally make one out. Yeah, totally. If you had bangs, they'd look sick. Oh, there we go. Get like that beautiful like Courtney Barnett shag going on. Oh, I like that. Yeah, yeah. you look beautiful. So you already look beautiful. Tough bangs, you know. That's, <laughs> that's, that's Keep them like at your eyebrows. Yeah. Anything above like <laughs> mid forehead. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's like two to three fingers of like <laughs> <laughs> it's like the, the like measurement of like yeah. It has to be X amount distance from your eyes. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, and I'm just so grateful. Like bands that chose really early on to have us play, like when that was probably a risk, and. Bands that like still let us play, even though who knows what I'm doing, <laughs> and just learning how to be someone who gets to be in a band and play music because it's the only thing I can do. It's the only thing I want to do, and I have to do it rather than like I have to make a good impression because I'm representing someone. It's like no, this is the first time I've ever gotten to be who I am yeah. fully, yeah. and like no hiding anything, and like I get to, I get to just be myself for the first time and I can't lose that mm. it's very special and absolutely yeah. yeah so with that in mind on that on that note yes I want to ask you both about the first time you ever performed live in front of anyone my first band <laughs> performance was at Smith Hill High School the school I went to yeah there was the Night of Rock the Night of Rock <laughs> the Night of Rock one night only just gone shot up <laughs> in which the school hall there was the like all the bands that were in the high school would play, yeah. and everyone would be get super behind it. They'd be like, "Hell yeah, this is cool!" And then the year that the first year that I was in a band that could do it, they decided not to do it. No. And then, <laughs> so then one of the guys in the in our band, his dad had like a PA and everything, and he was like, "Well, if they're not going to do it, I'm going to do it." Hey. So then we put it on, and that's we played our like first set in front of people, mm. and it was great and. That's the night I met Jack Riley. No oh, shit. Cool. Yeah. Was he playing? He was playing. He was playing with his friend Nathan Arnold. Oh, true. Yes. Uh, oh, actually, that might have been like early God Rest era as well. Actually. Oh, true. I'm not 100% sure, but that was that was the first one, and that was the moment I met Jack Riley, and that was the moment in which the my little my little underground and God Rest the Good Doctor crossover experience happened, where we were like <laughs> playing a lot of shows together down in Wollongong. Beautiful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, MySpace era, you know. Classic. <laughs> Heather, how old are you when you first perform in front of people? Oh my god, I was five. <laughs> my god, of course, Bang. of course. I Tell was, me the story. I was part of this like pre kind of like I'm pretty sure I was five. Um, it's like a kindergarten thing. It was called Kids Casting Agency. And it sounds fancy, but it was actually like a drama school for right. really young Cast kids. Cast our mind back to the summer of 2006. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was just like, it was very cute. And um, it was just like a drama performance that I'd put together with like Wait, other... Wait, an original? Yes. <laughs> we you were... came up with it? You were five and you came up with a fucking play? Me and a couple of other people, like um, a couple of other kids, we kind of had ideas of what we wanted to do and then like the mentors would help us put it together. And I was really into Harry Potter at the time, so I was like Princess Hermione. Oh and God. we had to like rescue a unicorn. It was very cute and we all wore princess dresses. All of us, like even the mentors, we made them all wear princess dresses. It was very cute, and I, I think I still have a video of it somewhere. Oh I have to ask my mum. Yeah. It's so it's dramatic. Yeah, go. that's it. It should be. It's so dramatic. Like, you can tell 
from me being like five years old that I just <laughs> I can't do anything else. <laughs> and it and that's it basically. Yeah. Like I always would do drama stuff until I did singing. Yeah. yeah. Alright, Jonna. Yes. I want a highlight reel of the bands that you played in before Crackle. Okay, so Start with Mile Underground, which was like a, a dancey post punk band. Uh-huh. Lots of like sixteenths on a hi hat. Love yes. that world. Um, and then I joined the already existing Basil's Kite, which was like a math rock band at the time, and then over my years of involvement it got heavier and heavier and dumber and dumber. <laughs> and then from That's a song there's a, there's a song in the Arsenal literally I'm baby. Yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> it's gonna be the lead single of the album. <laughs> um, but Went Basil's Kite, and then around the same time, I started playing with Mitch and Riley uh, and Declan, which became Enter the Jaguar. Ah, uh, yes. Which was the big 12 piece thing. And then around the same time that we started doing that, we st- I was playing guitar for Beck Sandridge for a year. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, and a, a lot of shows <laughs> running around for that. Yep. A lot of crazy stories, hence, hence your laugh. Um, <laughs> and then from that, we'll have to tell that story. It's we will definitely. <laughs> it's a it's a story that follows me around like a curse. I will never let you forget it. <laughs> yeah. Ever. And then from there, when Beck moved down to Melbourne, it was I still, was still playing with Jag. And then through that, I was just like, I want to play in a two piece. I want to have, have it be simple. And I'd sent Heather demos forever ago, and they never did anything with them. So I was just like, okay, you're going to come over, and you're going to work on this song with me. And then that ended up being Don't Go, which is a staple of the set. Indeed. Yeah. Well, how how did you do Cross Parts? I love this story. This is a fun story. We met, so Jono and I both studied at the University of Wollongong. Yes. I was studying a Bachelor of Performance, brackets. Acting. And I was surprised. And I was uh, studying a Bachelor of Creative Arts, brackets, music. And they had gotten rid of the music degree and then brought it back. Were you doing the first year? I was I was the guinea pig year. Yeah. Right. So the university, because they had a music degree now, were like, cool, there's this thing called the New Colombo plan. Yep. And it was basically like, cool, we'll get a bunch of creative arts students and send them to Japan and they can learn about theatre and music. Why and not? It, it, yeah. It ends up being like students from the acting degree and students from the music degree, even though they didn't really phrase it like that. Yeah. You had to go through all this stuff, like submit an application, application and then they'd screen you and then you had to do like a performance afterwards. So what did you have in mind for this performance and whatever? And there were only like 11 or there are, so. Yeah, there was like uh, maybe like six or so from each from like each like acting and music yeah. that went and off of that sweet government dollar we went to we Japan we didn't have to pay a cent it was so good yes. they paid for our flights and accommodation all we had to pay for was like spending money and food yeah. and um, so a lot of people it was like a few people in the year above me some people in the year below me the only person who was in my year like I wasn't super good friends with and like we didn't know anyone in the music degree mm. and they were like this is cool this could be a chance for some interdisciplinary action at the uni which I don't think ever really happened <coughs> besides us who are friends yeah. so I ended up seated next to this dude called Jonathan Took on the oh, plane to yeah. Japan yes. um, and a couple of lecturers and I was like wow okay whatever yeah. and you were watching a TV show called Over the Garden Wall which is a Cartoon Network miniseries. Right. That is, like, a very, like, dark, kind of, very, like, fairy tale, kind of, like, classic fairy tale in the, like, everything's kind of scary kind of way. Yeah. Um, But it's also, like, a very, like, emotional story. Yeah. So then 
when we landed on the Cry Club name, it was because of a very specific reason. Is because our first bonding experiences <laughs> were talking about like the TV shows that we would cry over. Yeah. Because Over the Garden Wall was one that a hundred percent got the waterworks going for the <laughs> both of, of us. Over the Garden Wall, Six Feet Under, The Big Bang Theory, <laughs> yeah, all the classics, all the, all the classics. classics. Oh, it was <laughs> and then like bonding Friends. as well. Like Friends. while we were in Japan, it was the the 10 year anniversary of Evangelion airing the classic there was like the guy from my year I think um, Sam he also was like a nerd and so he knew about that I think Daniel yeah totally anyway a couple of friends knew about it but Jono and I were like Evangelion oh my god every time there was some Evangelion related thing we would take a photo of it and be like oh my god And just it was nuts. We yeah. became best friends. It was that like Will Ferrell. Like, did we just become best friends? Yeah. Yep. And um, it was like uh, Heather. Uh, there was the opportunity to organize to stay for an extra week, and they would just delay your flight and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. And Heather decided to stay for an extra week. And there was the moment where we were catching the plane to go home, and Heather was staying. Yeah. And there was just this moment where I was just like very sad. Yeah. Where I was just like. My best friend. Yeah, I was my like, oh, I'm really going to miss you. And I've known you for like 10 days. Mm. Yeah. It was, yeah, it was very sweet. And yeah, I remember like as well, we'd get back to Wollongong and we'd have these days where it's like, hey, how are you? Oh, not good. All right, let's buy some dip and crackers and sit on the beach at like yeah. Bulleye or something. Mm. Like, just talk about it. A lot it of, really like, cool. you're doing this show and you're not, like, cooking properly. Come over and I'll cook you, like, a proper oh, dinner. Like, stuff like that. The amount of food that Jono made me because I would live off, like, a Twix bar and a diet Sprite all day. Me too. Yeah. Yeah, I'd be like, here's some proper food. Here's some real people food. Here's some eggs and sausage. Complete Here's some vegetables. Ass. You know yeah. that word? Vegetables. Like, wow, a vegetable. Yeah. So it's very, very great. It's constantly been Jono taking care of me, and then I can put some good things into the world. <laughs> Had you ever entertained the idea of being in a band? Like he's just rattled off like a fucking quadrillion, and you're just like, I've never, I'm baby, I've never been in a band. Before. I was in my high school rock band, like you know how. Oh, like in in the music class. Yeah. Yeah. And so they put people together, and I wrote some songs for that. And I was very offended that like I left, and I had written these songs for the school rock band, and they still use them. And I was like, isn't that a... Don't I, don't I own those? Don't yeah. I get, like, APRA points on that? What yeah, the hell? Yeah, yeah. Where's <laughs> the pub, bro? Yeah. yeah. And I was Split in... the pub. I was in a band for two seconds. We had one song. I think it's still on Triple J Unearthed. Really? It, so the band used to be called Schrodinger's Cat, and then no one could spell it or know what it was, because this was year 11. <laughs> and now it's called Panania, which there's a suburb in Magstown called Panania. Mm-hmm. So it's like P-A and then like Narnia, you know, like mm-hmm. Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Yes. And there's a song called Lie to Me that I wrote because I was really into that TV show. And it's very angsty and funny. And you can still find it on Triple J Unearthed. It's so bad. The intro goes for like a minute and a half. We recorded it onto my laptop speakers and we were like, fuck yeah, we're going to be on Unearthed High. Hell yeah. That's it. Like everything else was like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to be in musical theatre. And I was totally set that I would be a musical theatre performer. Were you still like writing songs? No, 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 no. no, no. It was just all just. No, because I'd done so many like of those performances. Like, Talent Advancement Program were really lovely. They encouraged what makes you weird. And then I joined um, the Talent Development Project. So (laughs) it's like a state version of that where it was extremely corporate, extremely like, here is the industry of musical theatre. Here is this. You can't write songs, Heather. They don't sound good. You can't play guitar good enough. We'll put you in musical theatre, but you can't dance. And like, we don't like the way you look. So they got rid of me. 
Oh. Yeah, it was very rough. And I was like, well, I've been told by so many people that I can't write songs. I wrote a song when I was 10 and like I wrote... <laughs> I've done it before. I, I can did do one it again. and like my singing teacher really liked it and like never anything. And like I didn't think I could be in a band. And so John Lowe sent me those demos ages ago and I was like, I actually don't know what to do with these. Yeah. And it's cool, but I literally, I'm still getting used to like trusting my instincts and like... Um, anything to do with top line it's like oh I love pop so much and I feel like I have a good ear for it but I have zero confidence in still zero confidence in writing songs like I'm always like Jonathan is this okay is this okay yeah they're so bad they're They're bad songs they agree the people walking bad song yeah they're bad the people walking past agree yeah but um yeah no I never thought I could be in a band I never thought I could play any kind of instrument yeah. Um, I always thought it was going to be musical theatre or like I'd be that really sad like like covers act you know and that's what I was like I want to start like a cure cover band or like a Susie and the Banshees cover band yeah 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 and that's when Jono was like hey I've I sent you those songs. demos ages ago <laughs> do you still have them no I deleted them because it was shameful <laughs> and then wow. it was just like uh, I had the the structure of like the basic bones of don't go and yeah. like the chorus and everything and I was just like were you writing gonna... with Heather in mind uh, were they just I, random things you were I, fucking around I, I with? I knew I wanted to do another pop thing after I played with Beck because I was like, yeah. I really like playing pop music. This yeah. is something I didn't expect because mm. I was playing in a, like a mathcore band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, I like playing pop music. I want to do that. And then I had the chorus of Don't Go and I wrote the instrumental for it. And then I was like, I don't know what to do with the rest of it. Heather. Come over and we'll figure out what the rest of it is. Yeah. And like my ex-girlfriend wanted to come too. So yeah. like she was sitting in the room and we're trying to do this stuff. We're trying was, to write this song and their ex-girlfriend be like, very emotional. Hey it guys, what's up? Very strange. It but it worked. So, yeah. I think she was like playing Pokemon the whole time. Yeah. And then, yeah. Red or blue? Oh, I have, I can't remember. It was on DS, so probably oh, right. like Alpha Sapphire or something. Right. <laughs> yeah. There's so many Pokemon. There's so many Pokemon. I know, Pokemon. I can't keep up. Eilis uh, Gilligan voice. Just after I can't like keep Mewtwo, up. I'm just like, I'm done. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Emerald is my favourite. I want a Toto Girl. Oh, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> For sure. Cyndaquil life, though. There, there we go. That's what's up. That's what's up. Yeah. So. Yes. Now the stars have aligned. Yes. Uh-huh. The club has been formed. Yes. Where and when and where does it uh, get unleashed upon the, the universe? Okay, so we started writing just, we just started going like, okay, let's just start writing a bunch of songs. We'll keep writing. And then we'll, once we've got enough songs for a set we'll play our first show and then Jess Cochran from um, Queer what was it Queer Now yeah 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 Pride Tide Pride Tide it was started as Queer Queer Now Now. and then Then became Pride Tide then became Pride Tide oh yeah 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 Um, fruit and the naan yes yeah, 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 yeah. so I I was at all of the those shows that, that was being put on yeah. and you were she, at the one where they had Kemp Cope hey that's yeah. amazing it just hit me up and she was like I heard you've got to have a new band do you want to play this show and I was like okay cool that's a good start yeah. like that'll be the well we have to have a set's worth of songs by then because we just have to yeah. because we'll say yes to the show and that was January 14th of 2018 I remember when that Facebook event went up and it had Cry Club in the title. It was like Fruit with Cry Club. And I like screen capped it. I circled it and I was at work and I showed every single one of my colleagues. I was working in a haunted house. And so like they're all trying to scare people and I'm like, it's my, look at this. That's my bed. And they're like, Jesus. (laughs) I know. I I walk very quietly now because I jump. I'm very, very sneaky. (laughs) But I remember like, oh my God, this show is so cool. And we, 
we knew Jono was like oh you went and saw like Sasha Velour this like drag queen yeah who did this like crying beautiful clown makeup like right. it was right after she won Drag Race, drag race. Yeah. spoilers sorry um <laughs> And I did this makeup to go see her, and he's like, "What if we did that for Cry Club?" And I was like, "Sick, I can do that. That's that's cool. Well, let's do it." And so the first show, we didn't have any kind of outfit, but we had that makeup still. Right. And we've done it every single show. Where was it? At Rad. At Rad Bar. Oh, there you go. It was a Rad Bar. It was so ah. Oh, and it, it was it was great because it was like a like it being like a Pride Tide thing. It was just like immediately people were like. We support you. Yeah. yeah, yeah and yeah. a bunch of my friends came oh my to God, see you're it. Gay? I'm gay. Yeah. Right? You're baby, I'm baby. We're all baby. <laughs> it was very sweet. And yeah. like from the start, just this support from like um, Wollongong and then greater support from like the Laundry Echo community. Yeah, yeah, and, like, yeah. Every, meeting you and like yeah. meeting all of the friends. <laughs> I'm way down the tier. But <laughs> <laughs> you're, no, you're like in the. In the you fucking know everyone, dude. Don't give me that. Don't give me that. The initial forming of the band. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah. You knew us when we were still gremlins. We weren't like fancy goblins. Yeah, I I, I had to promise not to feed you after midnight. (laughs) Yeah, that's it. It was so rough. I'm so hungry. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, like that was that that was the very first one, and then from there we were just like, let's try and play as many shows as we can. In our first year, we played about forty something. Yeah. Yeah. And we're on track to beat that this year, which is yep. good. Sick. Yeah. Yeah. What do you remember about that first year? I remember playing Yours Nows. That uh-huh. was wild. I remember Big Sound. Yep, Big Sound was crazy. Um, I remember just the the feeling of, like, it kind of, like, the, the acceleration of it. Yeah. Yeah. Scary. Because it was bigger than anything you'd ever done previously. <laughs> yeah. Like, in a way. Like, all the stuff that was, like, the me stuff. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. The, the stuff that was like, like the back stuff. You know, that was not you. Yeah, that was that wasn't me. And hired gun. Yeah. yeah, and it's just like those kind of hired gun. Like <laughs> each each of the bands I was in existed really comfortably within its niche. You mm. know, yeah. Basil's kite would go to some weird town and play some weird house party in front of a, in front of a bunch of weirdos and would have a great time. And the Jag would do like a bunch of like events where it's just like oh we need like this large format band and we'll play these like big songs and all that sort of stuff but then having a project where I was like I want to do pop songs yeah. and then just having it immediately just take off and, like the second we finished Don't Go I was like uh, you, when are you coming around next yeah. Yeah, 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 it was very like immediate and like re- recognising that our creative chemistry was the thing that I was looking yeah. for Yeah, I was like okay cool that's it Heather, how were you adapting in terms of the performance stuff? Like, obviously, as you said, you know, it's not your first rodeo. No. Uh, but, you know, like, it's one thing to, you know, be doing, like, drama performances and, yeah. you know, like, musical theatre performances and mm. stuff like that, as opposed to getting up there and singing and performing stuff that you've written, yeah. you know, your own sort of stuff. Like, how are you kind of going through the motion, like, kind of navigating that as a performer? It's very strange. Yeah. Because I think when we do covers, I'm still way more comfortable to go off the rails because I'm like this isn't my song I can fuck it up who cares yeah. like whatever I, I'm making fuck it, it mine but the, it's I I don't think I was prepared for how vulnerable it is to get up there and do something that you've written like and yeah. that just comes out of two people like writing about something that happened to them yeah Um. but like it's good to have this background of like trained performance like I'm trained to entertain people 
Like I was trained basically as like a dancing monkey, and so it's yeah. nice to have like a reason to be a dancing monkey and like just a wind them up, to... put them on stage. <laughs> yeah, and it's, it's not. It's like oh, now like this little monkey like it has a reason to get up there, and like everything I do comes out of what I'm inspired by, rather yeah, than like yeah, yeah, yeah. I have to do this because it looks good. It's like I have to do this I want to do this on stage like I want to do a crazy backbend in Dissolve because I used to watch Lindsay Wade do it in, yeah, yeah, yeah. in Mindless Self-Indulgence and I want to bring that like I just want to it's it's beautiful like it's very nerve-wracking like I stress more than I used to about performing because I want it to be good mm. and that at the end of the day it's like I want to do this and I want it to work because it has to and I love it like I've loved it more than I loved doing anything yeah yeah. because um, I get to be myself like, I don't have to play a character I don't have to make someone else happy like yeah. all I have to do is make sure I'm happy and I'm very hard to please so if I'm happy you're fucking diva <laughs> I'm such a diva I'm like Leo Aries Leo bitch it's very hard. I stress a lot. I come off stage sometimes still in the mindset of like, oh, it's in the Stedford and I failed that. <laughs> but, like, legit, it's so weird. But, I don't know, I'm happy with it and Jono, like, and I are doing something really cool. And yeah. And I Jono, think- how, how have you changed in terms of a performer? Because, like, yeah. you know, getting up there with with people, you know, as, as a session guy, you know, with Jack and with Beck and yeah. with Scabs and whoever else. Oh, totally. There's all those other ones that have happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you, you've been doing all that. So, so you've, it's never really kind of, you, you know your role and it's just kind of, yeah, this isn't about me. Whereas yeah. this, you can just be like, it's, it's sort of half about it's, it's me. It's kind of about me. It's something that it's I actually... It's something I have, like, a... It's Heather always, like, calls me out on it when I'm, like, getting social posts together and I never pick a photo of me. Yeah. All that sort of stuff where it's just, like, I always feel very <laughs> awkward about being the person at this... Yeah. Like, e- even close to the centre. And it's something that I'm trying to make peace with and I'm trying to figure out because yeah. it's yeah. just my experience of music and performing music and all that sort of stuff is obviously I love performing live and I like putting on a show and it's something that I really take a lot of pride in in being a band that you want to see live yeah and not just standing there and playing guitar like I want to do stuff but within that I just I think there's just this part of me that feels a little bit uncomfortable with that sort of spotlight yeah which is like the I got ex- you. exact <laughs> opposite I take of, that bullet yeah <laughs> I think it's good like I like I'm not a songwriter and you're not a performer yeah. but we're both doing these things that we're super uncomfortable with yeah. but we still get to do the thing that we're best at yeah which is like I my so much of my experience of music is sitting at home with a variety of instruments in my hands and swapping between them to make a song yeah, yeah and yeah. just like going like oh cool a bass okay cool guitar and then just like swapping around yeah. so then hitting it in a moment where it's like on stage I'm like this is the thing that matters to me like I care about the performing side of it more than anything else but at the same time I feel like there's just something about it that just I feel uncomfortable being the center of yeah like I was so comfortable when other people like people are looking at Heather I'm like cool <laughs> Just keep your head down. This, like, yeah. this sigh of relief. Yeah. <laughs> and know? then I'm like, Jono, we have to do the talking heads thing. Also, we're wearing matching suits now. And we're going to have lots of lights. And in the music video, you're going to be... <laughs> going to be in a bathtub looking beautiful. Everything I do but is so naked. Jono can look beautiful. Naked as a jaybird. Yeah. Covered in rose petals. Yeah, that's it. Beautiful. Nah. But it's so... Oh, it's so annoying. Jono is so beautiful. And I'm such a goblin. And he doesn't even have to try. He just looks somewhere. 
beautiful, perfect shot. And I try to do it, and I look like a nerd, and so I just pull a face, because whatever. It's, who cares? Yeah, it's, but it's so nice, like, I'm always pushing for more Jono. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's something I'm trying to make peace with, because yeah. I, yeah. It, it's, there's a reason we start with Jono chits yeah. every single time. I, okay, if we're going to talk about it, we need to, we need to yeah, go through this. We need, know, we need to do this. Know. So, for, for the listeners of this here podcast, there was a show that we played with Beck, and... So when I was playing in Beck's band, we did back-to-back, a tour with, uh, national tour with Montaigne and then national tour with Cubsport. Yes, previous guest of the show. Yes, and the Montaigne run was very difficult, and then the Cubsport run was really amazing, really beautiful, because Cubsport are really amazing, really They're beautiful. really sweet. The very first experience that we had with Cubsport, aside from one in which uh, marijuana was offered between people that I didn't know, um, there was as you do, as you do <laughs> was we got to Adelaide for the very first show of the Cup Sport Run and then Zoe comes over with a six pack of beer that was not a rider beer she went out and bought us a six pack to say hi thank you for being here that the, that level of there were nice, six people in the band too wasn't there five well there you go one spare, one spare. Um, but it was that moment of like, oh, you're really lovely people doing really lovely stuff, and yeah. you're really taking care of us. Which yeah. at that point was really, really. Was it Amy Shark opening that tour? There was uh, it was a single date with Amy Shark, right? Yeah. Whereas Amy Shark, Bexandra, and Cubsport, which is the wildest of lineups. Yeah, yeah. And uh, the previous guest of the show. Yeah. So, what happened with this Jono chance story? <laughs> yes, I feel. Uh, because it's Cub Sport, they did like an all ages show at the Oxford Art Factory. Kids yes. were lining up from like eight AM in the morning for this yeah, shit. I remember it vividly. Yeah, and so we load our shit in and we're like, yeah, cool. And then they let everyone into the venue and after we've had a sound check and all that sort of stuff. And I go out there just to make sure Beck's guitar shit is cool, because yeah. I was like teching for her at the time. Yeah. And I go out and unbeknownst to me the entirety of the Oxford Art Factory was completely full. Yes. Packed to the brim of kids. And uh, here's me, someone who's just walked onto stage, so they lose their goddamn minds. Yes. And I'm just, like, very intimidated by this because I've got an army of screaming kids in front of me. And I'm plugging Beck's guitar in and making sure it's in tune, all that sort of stuff. And then everyone's screaming at me. And then there's one person at the front row who's like, what's your name? And out of pure, like, terrified energy, I'm like, my name's Jono. And then I'm like, okay, cool. Okay, done. Done. And then I got back to the green room. And then a certain DJY was there. (laughs) And he's like, guys, guys, shut up. Shut up. What the fuck is that? And then we go out of the green room, up the stairs to the stage of the Oxford Art Factory, and we discover that every single fucking kid is just screaming, Jono! 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 And oh my god, it was... I grabbed you and I screamed in your face. I was, it was one of the most terrifying experiences of my life. Oh, like, I was elated. And I it, was so happy. And everyone there was. And I really, I'm, this is such a great example of what we were just talking about of me yeah. feeling a little bit uncomfortable with moments of spotlight. <laughs> I still have a photo of you taking a photo with the crowd. They were like, can you take a selfie with us? And I'm like, 
I don't know how to take a selfie properly. <laughs> so I never... Okay, the only photo that exists at that moment is the one that you took because none of the ones that I took could have been used. <laughs> Because they were all so bad. That's a photo of you taking a photo. That's it's so amazing. Good. And I was just like, what do I do with this? And then like... You're like holding it up and like, hey! And there was like other like other musicians that were like uh, other people who were playing in bands that happened to be there that day. And they were like, what the fuck was that, man? I'm like, I don't know. They're like, you took photos with them as well. And I was like... I literally like, have no idea. Uh, what do you do when people are screaming at you for something? Yeah. You panic! <laughs> you do what they tell you! Yeah! <laughs> Lest they become an angry mob. Yes. <laughs> an angry underage mob. Oh, um, yeah. Just pelting diapers at <laughs> Yeah. They're babies. That's so funny. I remember playing a show in Brisbane. I have a friend, like a childhood friend of mine, moved to Brisbane. And then um, we finished the show and I went up to her and was like, hey, you know, what did you think? Like, can you believe I'm in a band now? She was like, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, you didn't tell me Jono was such a babe. Oh. <laughs> and I was like, oh, bitch. Hi there. It's so funny. I'm like, I know, I have to deal with this all the time. Oh, Everyone loves fair. him. It's, it's really beautiful. not fair. No, it's it's perfect. Just, everyone's just swinging at the things that make that make me feel uncomfortable with this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, yeah, we're almost two years in. Two, yeah, so we're, uh, at this point, we're, what, a year and about eight months? Yeah. A year and eight months, so... Yeah. We're making progress. Yeah, yeah. You've learned how to talk. You're like hobbling around. And Twenty stuff like months. Oh, object, yeah, object permanence is around the corner. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, can't wait. Yeah. Look, only a couple more years until memories. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Memories Jokes are gonna be great. Those. Soon you're yeah. gonna stop shitting yourself all the time. I hope so. Yeah. It's become a problem. It really has. That stops. It's <laughs> 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 so much funnier. Does it than stop? Me. Depends. Yeah. <laughs> My phone's dead, but I do have the Rap Horn app. <laughs> I think I was I, I introduced yes, you to it. Yes, you did. <laughs> <laughs> and we all did out of like six air horns and had like them all going. At, bow, 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 yeah, bow. Yeah, we have like a choir of like. Bow, 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 bow. Yeah, oh, so that was a good night. Yeah. That was the night I played at your house. Yes, that was a house party that was mine. There was. Uh, yourself, there was Jack Riley, Antonia Max Quinn, Susan? Antonia Susan, Whoa. just before the, their first EP came out. Yes. And I had worked on their songs with them, and I was like, hey, everyone, I think these songs are pretty good. And they're like, yeah, cool. I, <laughs> yeah, whatever, loser. And I was like, nah, the songs are pretty good, though. <laughs> and look at them now. You were yeah. right. They're doing, pretty, they're doing pretty good. Yeah, you clocked that shit. Well, that was actually, that I met them first day of recording. And yeah. because they they came to me as recommended by Jack Riley, wow! Um, and we spent most of our time just like workshopping the songs because we were recording in like a granny flat. Yeah. So it was just like, oh, this is like a super DIY situation. It's not going to sound like super studio or anything, but let's just work on getting the songs right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So a lot of it was just like taking like a lot of dead air out of yeah. songs and yeah, just yeah, yeah. like it was like song boot camp. But it was a really great time. Mm, totally. Yeah. But yeah. So yeah. Now that you've Starting to not shit yourself, etc. Yeah. You know, you're, you're turning into an adorable toddler. Yeah, just we're dabbing on the haters. We're just, ego. we're both just dabbing, just non-stop dabbing, dabbing like that. Yeah. It's as, all as about ba- the woe now. As, as babies yeah. want to do. <laughs> what do you feel are the most important things you've learned in the nearly two years of crack club? Always say yes. First is my thing. It's like I have an idea. Sure, let's try it, uh, and then like figure out if it doesn't work later. 
Yeah. Or like, we've been, we're going to do a show. Do we have anything else on? Nah, let's fucking just do it. Unless it's with shit people. Let's not do that. Mm. Yeah. Um, like always just being like, oh, I might as well go see this person. I might as well do this. Like, I'm, I can be quite lazy. <laughs> I like to stay at home and play Fallout. But, yeah, it's been a good thing to always be working on something. Yeah. And, like, always taking opportunities. Even if we don't, even if I don't think they're any good. Like, just saying yes to things. Yeah. I think a big thing for me is just, like, this is one of the first times that I've had a project which has been, like, a me thing that I'm, like, you know, other bands where I've really enjoyed the experience, but just for, like, a bunch of different factors. Into the Jaguars, 12 people. Basil's Kite. There was, like, you know, everyone started getting jobs and stuff. Yeah. But this is the first one where I'm, like, oh, cool. I'm going to put everything that my soul can muster into this. Mm. It's like having a few conversations with people where they're like, tell me about Cry Club. Like, from when, like businessy type of conversations and uh, yeah a couple of nose beers yeah yeah that could <laughs> last time we played Big Sound after our set there was an empty baggie on the ground and I was like did they do that mid set yeah of course they did um, but so it was aren't we good enough there's like two things that came up in those like <laughs> so much better on code <laughs> <laughs> there's like those two, two things that I always brought up in every meeting that was like and then it kind of got a little bit like everyone had heard it after a while I was like there's just two things it's like we run black flag strategy which is everything that's not a show is a flyer for the show yeah like the recording it's a flyer for the show everything is just about getting getting you to see us live the flyer for the show flyer for the show that's yes, a flyer for the show and that then shirtless picture of Henry Rollins it's a flyer, flyer for the show, show. <laughs> um, and then part two was like uh, it's going to work because it has to yeah we like, can't do anything else. The, the, the idea it. of like the band working in whatever capacity we want it to work is because it's going to. And in a very, like, I refuse to accept otherwise kind of way. Mm-hmm. And there's something really invigorating of having that kind of like fire under your ass that yeah. comes from yourself that goes, no, we're going to be the things that we want to be. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to do the things that we want to do because fucking said so. Yeah. We'll like, evolve. Like, we'll change as people and we'll change as a band and we'll change because we'll start listening to different music. Like, I'll start listening to 100 Gex and start making very strange electronic music. <laughs> Maybe yeah. that will happen someday. Start calling people rotten little piss babies. Exactly. No, it's already happened. It's <laughs> yeah, that's, that's already like, happening. We'll, we just, it's cool. Like, it'll always, it has to be a thing. Because if I don't have this, I have nothing. Yeah. And not in a bad way. But, but it's like this is what keeps me alive. But it's like a, if, in a very invigorating way. Yeah. Where it's just yeah. like I'm happy to put pour my whole life and my whole everything into this thing because I'm just like no, this is what I want. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. And I'm happy to go like everything is completely fucked because of how much I put into this. Time to put more in. <laughs> yeah. In for a penny, in for a pound. Yeah. For sure. That's probably our motto. Yeah. It's like, well, we're here. Let's we're, do more. We're in it. So in it to win it, baby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whatever winning it looks like. Oh, yeah. Everyone's as long as winner, I can baby. pay my rent, that's <laughs> what winning looks like. Yeah. If I pay my rent and have a show every weekend. Yeah. It all depends on how you measure success. Exactly. Yeah. If I don't get my car declined at the IGA, I am killing it. Yeah, honestly. Um, <laughs> that was a that was a crapshoot for a couple years there. Yeah. Just yeah. the yeah. just the beep and then Fuck. 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 Approved. Fuck yeah! yeah. Please say approved. Please, please say yes. Please say yes. Um, oh. But yeah, those moments where it's like you, you're you on the edge yeah. with shit. And yeah. it's like, they, I, you know, we're at a point now where we're starting to do stuff like music videos and all that sort of mm. stuff. And we're trying to like, we're throwing us all the money that we can muster at it. And it's yeah. just like, there's been a few people that are like, oh, where are you getting the money? It's like, 
Oh, I don't want to talk. Oh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> drugs on the side, Breaking Bad style. Hey, you know how I have no clothes now? It's because I sold them all on Depop. <laughs> you know how all of my like equipment is kind of broken and I can't replace it? Yeah. It's so wet these 5,000 views on YouTube. Yeah, right? So it's just like, we're in it. We're in it. In it to win it. Yeah. Yeah. We'll wrap it up here, but before we do that, I ask this of all of my guests. Yes. Now it's your turn. Yes. I want to know about the best and worst shows that you have ever played. Okay. (laughs) Worst show? Dreadbow. Oh, Threadbow wasn't that bad. Okay. The show itself was heinous. Okay. Am I allowed to say this? No, of course, yeah. It was Threadbow. I'd never seen snow before. I'd never been in the general proximity of snow. Right. And we played at Threadbow on an outdoor stage at nighttime Ooh. in those little suits that we have. These pants are unlined capris. You know what I mean? <laughs> the suits unlined. I had like my fucking undies and a and a turtleneck and a unlined suit and pants, and I froze. We couldn't play our instruments I couldn't sing M couldn't drum Jono was slicing we his did, hand on the guitar we did okay we did a great job for the circumstances <laughs> all things considered but yeah. also I jumped up the stage as I love to do and two huge dudes who were sick of our performance fully grabbed me and I had no idea what to do and then started stepping on the mic cable to try and stop me from singing it was like the most hostile thing yeah, I think I've sucks. ever encountered it was quite quite bad um, yeah, it just sucked. I was like, I'm freezing cold. This is a very poorly planned thing that I've... Like, why would you make musicians perform outside in the snow? Yeah, um, yeah. that's sadism. Yeah, and, <laughs> and then, and yeah, to have these people right at the front yelling at us the whole time and actively trying to stop me from performing, that was pretty shit. Yeah, and I was bad. a bit scared. John was like, it wasn't that bad. Oh, because no. I wasn't watching when you got grabbed by two uh, yeah, huge men. You brought it up afterwards, and I was like, ah, oh, that I sucks. think everyone missed that, except for security, who got them out of there so fast. Yeah. Good shit. And it was in the middle of, like, Robert Smith, and I spent the rest of the song just yelling about how everyone, I'm going to make everyone real terrified of me. Yeah. And I'm, like, five feet tall. Little pussycat. You yeah. baby, but you demon baby. Yeah. yeah. I think one of the worst shows I've ever done. Yeah. It's, it's a cry club show. Have we crack club or? No, it doesn't have to be crack club at all. I had I remember like some really early band experiences of like being in a band with someone who would uh, I, I I completely understand that it could have just been the mismatch of personalities between him and I, mm. but every time we were near each other, it felt like he would start a fight about something, and it's some like political issue, and it's just like. I would, be, I would, you know, I'd like offhandedly say, like, I don't know, uh, trans people deserve respect, that kind of like, And he'd be like, <laughs> I love when that comes up in conversation. But yeah, right? But he'd be like, in the instance in which that would have happened, he would have like, but have you thought about. And it would, it would, I'd just be like stuck in a vortex. And that was always like a really gnarly thing to Not be around. people know about Jordan B. Peterson trying to be in bands. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> but it's. But I completely understand that that could have just been a mismatch of personalities. So that that sort of stuff where it was like a really gnarly going into the show and then we play the show kind of well, but then there would always be the gnarly experience of going in. But then like playing with Cry Club was like running track. There's just like moments of like shit 
Like, <laughs> like <laughs> just fuck, fuck. fuck. Oh, oh God, what are we doing? Where everything went wrong. Literally everything. Right after we played a song about everything going wrong. Yes, and uh, the the laptop fell over. It disconnected. Ooh. Literally everything. We couldn't use the pedals that night, so John is running back and forth to press play on the laptop for every song. Yeah. Like a really shit DJ. Yeah. <laughs> so that that night was the night, but that was the the show that we played before going on the Morning Lisa tour, and that was a really great <laughs> shock to the system. Of Whoa. going like, Oof. hey, this is what happens when it goes wrong. Don't do that again. Yeah, yeah so that was that was hard. Um, but you kind of, you make do. Yeah. You make do. Best show. Best show. Oh, it's really hard to pick. It is very hard. We've had like three bad shows and every other show has been incredible. Um, been very lucky with some of the circumstances. When I, we, you go for it. I think we did this run for DFTM. Um, after we released that and we did a show in Sydney at Bonnie View Hotel it was free and we finished and we've got our set list like sorted right like because we have to Jono has to make up the tracks that go into it we can't do anything on the spot especially when it was just him and I like unless you want a real shitty Jono plays guitar in a fucked up tuning and Heather tries to keep up cover like it's not going to happen we don't want to do that um, and so we walk off stage and everyone is in the crowd going like, one more song, one more song. And we're like, we literally don't have any other songs. And they're like, we'll play another one again. And so we got back on stage and did DFTM a second time that night. And everyone was like, and everyone lived nice. it. I didn't have to sing a word and everyone was yelling at us. And I was like, oh, this is, this is fun. This is sick. It was like the coolest moment of my life. It's like, yeah. oh, we wrote these lyrics. And now people are yelling them at us. Yeah. And it was just that, like, oh, people... Oh, oh, we're... Uh, oh, we're, 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 we're doing this. Yeah. yeah. It was, like, a very, very beautiful, like, full circle thing of, yeah. like, oh, thank God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm trying to think of, like, there's been some really highlight ones for me. Uh, a recent one, though, was um, we played at this thing called the Changes Festival in Melbourne. <gasps> Changes. Changes. And it's, like, it's billed as, like, the, like... The big sound of Melbourne, where it's like the industry thing, but it's like realistically, it's just people in Melbourne putting bands on that they like. Yeah, yeah. And very fucking Melbourne. Yeah, very, very Melbourne. It, it's what we they call. They see the one thing Brisbane has is they're like, why is it about me? Yeah, it's like uh, this. We'll call it Changes Festival, and then next week it's going to be called Saturday. <laughs> um, <laughs> but. We were on this lineup and with a bunch of amazing bands. Diana's. Diana's. It was the first time I'd seen Diana's and They're I lost my mind. terrifyingly good bands. Not to be confused with DMA's. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. That's a different Johnny talk. Um, um, but Diana's, I fully recommend. Diana's, if you ever get the opportunity, suss them. They're amazing. But we went on and it was our second, second show, show with, with Tina. Tina. And... There was just a lot of people who came to see us because they were like, oh, who's this cry club band kind of vibe? And then we were at, like, and it was in a really weird venue. The layout was weird. I'd just come back from China, like, visiting my family, and we hadn't done a show in, like, a month or so. Didn't rehearse. And all these factors, and there was a lot of, like, industry types there who were, like, super not about us. Yeah. Yeah. Which was so perfect because we were on 
fire that night. You know, yeah. in a like we were at our most terrifying as a band. Yeah. And during Robert Smith, like Heather <laughs> is literally in these like industry douchebags' faces. I usually have a megaphone. The megaphone. It stopped working. <laughs> yeah, I gotta well, rewire it. But, um, but I, I do a lot of Robert Smith through like a handheld megaphone. Yeah. And then I like to have a wander through the audience. And yeah, I'm just like, the song is about being petty and about wanting attention. And there's these industry people who are talking to each other. And they're so engrossed in whatever they're talking about. I'm standing right in front of them with a megaphone. And everyone else is watching me do this. And I'm like singing at them and they have no idea. But they're everyone else attention. is laughing. And I'm just like, nah! <laughs> It's so funny. It was so good. Just yeah. like, thank you for proving our point. Yeah. And it's just like it was nice to be in that moment where it's just like oh it's like the first time like um, we absolutely adore Eilish Gilligan yeah she's I, one of our all time favorites not, again not to be confused with Billie Eilish yes no. of course as I, as I once did yes <laughs> oh, no. uh, we are absolutely huge Eilish Gilligan fans two hearts whereas our attempt to write a good a song like as, an Eilish Gilligan yeah. song as a song as good as an Eilish Gilligan song and it was the first time she got to see us play live. Mm. So that was a really great moment. I just remember her face. I was so excited to see her. Gab, our producer, it was the first time he'd seen us live yes, too. Yes, guest of the show. Yes. 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 That was so sweet. I, I could see the penny drop and like our next, the next time we worked with him, like I could see he had that like, okay, I know what you're I, doing. I, I get this now. I yeah, get it. Yeah, yeah. It happens a lot. <laughs> but it was, I, I, I love those moments when we can like go out there and prove a point. Yeah. Like I love going, like I love those moments where it's like, yeah, yep. I do love winning over an industry crowd because I like to make it very hard for people to stand there with their arms crossed. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And it's like a really great like. Oh, okay. I can't get. I can't go past the favorite show ever without bringing up the Vine show. Oh my god, you were Not there. Not the vines. Not d- the vines, but the Vine show in which we played the Red Rattler. Yes. To we- like, I also played that show. Yeah, yes. Like ten people. And it was a really weird day, and they were like, do you want anything? Sorry, I took over your story. No, no, you go for it. <laughs> you say it. Uh, so it was a show that was going to be X number of people, and then as it got closer to the day, more and more people got out of the lineup, all that yeah. sort of stuff. And then we were playing last, because we were the like only like band band yeah. on it. And then it gets to the end of the day, and we're like, cool, there's like between 10 and 20 people here. Yeah. Let's just have a fucking sick time. And there was a projector and we put on like a Vine compilation. Yeah, an on-loop Vine compilation. <laughs> yeah. And it was we were gr- just yelling quotes at each other the whole set. And there's the stage at the Rad Rattler, which we promptly ignored because mm. everyone else was playing on the ground, but it was like acoustic stuff. And then ev- like we played our first song and then Zoe from Sports Bra was like, Everyone's just sitting down. This is not appropriate. And then she got everyone to dance, and yeah, like the Macarena happens. Yeah. Like it was, it was one of there the most some great fucking photos from that show. It was amazing. The one of you on the ground and everyone's doing jazz hands at you. Yeah. I feel oh. like a small puppy at a party that's yeah. wandered in. It was so yeah. That like, was that was one of those like this is worth it. Yeah. Yeah. That, fully. that was one of the very first like this is worth it moments. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. I love that show. It's imprinted on my brain. Yeah. Forever. Okay. Yes. Forever, ever? Forever. Come on, baby, we are gonna live forever. We went two different directions. That yeah. <laughs> that's a real generation gap right there. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> you are a year older than me, Jasmine. <laughs> yep. I am a 90s child. Yes. <laughs> only just. Uh, only kids from the 90s remember. <laughs> yeah. I just really like the Veronicans. Yeah, yeah, don't we all? That's fair. <laughs> You're <Yeah>. not special. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Oh my god. It's not special now. It was special like five years yeah, ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no worries. Alright, plug your shit. Uh, we're Cry Club. Mm. We're Cry Club. We mm. will be releasing Robert Smith. Either it should be out, it should be out very soon. Yeah. My phone is dead, so I can't check our calendar. Yep. There's a bunch of stuff coming. Like we're going into like kind of festival, festival season. season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's, but we're kind of hitting most places in yeah. doing so. Sweet. So. We'll be in your state sometime in the next month. We will probably. be in your unless area. Unless you're on come the west out. coast. Come hang out. Yeah. <laughs> Quote vines. It'll be great. Yeah, that's uh, it. Please come up to us with your favorite vine. Yeah, just start a conversation with. So my favorite vine is. Yeah. <laughs> or, no, don't even preface it with that. Just go up to me like you're no good duck. You're just you're like, just like, like your, your father. father. Yeah. Or just like, taught like, like challenge us to Mario Kart or something. Yeah, yeah John, got... I will smash you at yeah. Mario Kart. I'll smash you at Vine references. Challenge yeah. accepted. Perfect. Um, Club, this has been amazing. Thank, thank you, you so much for having us. I love you so much. This is this podcast has always been something that we listen to in the car on the way to shows. So yep. this is nice that we can be in appearance. Oh, that's so beautiful. Sweet. Thank yeah. you both so much. Perfect. I'm David James Young, and all my friends. Are